How are you going to put a picture of this on Instagram daily? That's what I want to know. I know. I'm really sorry. I'm not sorry. All right. I'll just get on with it then. Crack on. Mm-hmm. Hello. Welcome to What A Way To Go. <laughs> it's a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses and bizarre stories. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah Austin. I'm Claire Daly. I'm Eleanor Gamer. Uh, and that's it. We are drinking wine tonight. You know what that means. We will be funnier. Um, I'm on the red, and the girls are on white Rioja because we are. We've started um, a new obsession with it. Yep. We're all up for trying new things, and it's hot AF in London today. So we're pretty sweaty. Scorchio. But it's a delightful Wednesday evening, and we're looking forward to really feeling it. Yeah, we're looking forward to episode twelve. Can I just give you a little bit of insight into what, not my story, but basically when I was researching this story, I don't know if either of you have ever gone through this, but you think of like, oh, okay, here's something that might have some interesting stories about it. And you look in and there are, but then it's a total bummer. Yeah. So there's absolutely no way you could possibly do it. Yeah. So I'll tell you mine and give me a shocked look if this is a story you were about to tell. I was looking for deaths caused by like haunted houses oh not not God. actual ghosts but like fun fair haunted houses oh. or haunted house experiences like where people have been frightened to death and stuff. <gasps> oh christ no so there's loads of them they're all really 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 depressing it's either like young people with heart conditions that were undiagnosed having heart attacks well i did that <laughs> with the um oh yeah the evil otto yeah oh yeah no but that wasn't like he wasn't, he wasn't scared of the game was yeah, he yeah and he wasn't no and then there's like people who are supposed to be fake corpses on nooses accidentally actually no. there's fucking loads of them that's accidentally terrible. that's horrific yeah accidentally actually hanging themselves what like because they because they are suicidal and that's what no, they're no, doing no 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 like they're just, just doing it to, they're like actors they're actors yeah and they're like ho 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 like this oh then I God. can look like a body coming to life or whatever and then they've actually that happens lots that's horrific yeah, so, I mean, if this is too much of a bummer, we can even take this out of me telling you, but I just felt no, like right. I had to tell you, because I was like, oh, an interesting thing might be people dying in haunted, haunted houses. houses. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, God, <laughs> it's all, it's all just horrible. horrible. I think if I had an undiagnosed heart condition, I would have died in the Madame Tussauds, is it Madame Tussauds? Yeah, Madame Tussauds basement, when they had that scary thing. Not the London Dungeon. That's it, London yeah, Dungeon. Yeah. I nearly cried. Yeah, it's horrible. It was horrible having those like actors follow you around and like have <laughs> chainsaws in your face i wasn't even a child i was like 16 <laughs> i fucking hated it and i will not do it again never, i would have died i've never been to the dungeons. don't go it's a fucking waste of time i yeah haunted houses whenever i'm i mean i don't go on them regularly but if i'm ever <laughs> she's constantly on yeah, one <laughs> if i'm ever in a peer situation like western supermare for example a peer situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I always... I love a peer situation. Always insist that I want to go on the haunted house and mm. then I spend the entirety of it in a ball, Just closing my yourself. eyes. I hate it. So if we are ever in a peer situation together... Can you just remind me of that? Like, yeah, definitely. If we go to Hastings or somewhere this summer... We are going to Hastings this yeah, summer. Yeah, when we go to Hastings... We're pushing elves into the haunted house and closing the doors <laughs> I don't, so know if they've, don't know if they've got one, but if they do... Someone should make a haunted house for millennials and just have, like... Unripe avocados and <laughs> mortgages in there. Yeah, yeah. I um, if someone else can do that. Take credit <laughs> for it. Have you ever seen? I don't know whether it started as like a Twitter account or a Reddit thread or what, 
but there's a really, really good collection of photos on the internet where, you know, if you're going through a haunted house and then you get to the bit where the big scare happens and your photo gets taken, if you're at, like, Alton Towers or Thought Park or whatever, and it's just, like, teens suddenly brightly lit, absolutely shitting themselves. It's just, it's a really lovely collection of photos that I will put The on photos my on rides are very unforgiving. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I, I remember no. going on a rocking roller coaster, which I didn't want to go on when I was 11, and my brother, like, really convinced me to go on it and he was like it doesn't go upside down don't worry it did fucking twice listener it did go it upside did, down <laughs> it did go upside down but it goes from like 0 to 60 and whatever miles an hour and there's a picture I don't know where it is now but I look like that man that looks like a thumb in it <laughs> it's not it's not an angle that anyone looks no, good at it looks like my neck and my head are just flat like one thing. <laughs> it's like my niece's passport photo. She just looks like a thumb with eyes drawn on. It's the best I, photo. I love it so much. Literally, I've sent it photo. to you. Haven't I? You've got it saved I on your phone. I demanded that Sarah sent me the picture of her niece because it's just hilarious. It is very hilarious. Anyway, anyway, should we talk about <clears throat> unusual deaths? Yes, we should. Um, I know that you know this about me but for the listeners that don't know me in real life I'm a very last minute type of person and I've said it before that like I like doing things on the day because I feel like a bit more into it so earlier today when I checked our stats which I do every day because I'm just interested mm-hmm. um I noticed we had a listener in Bermuda Ooh. some downloads <gasps> in Bermuda nice can I know we... where this is going <laughs> <laughs> can we come and stay with you Bermuda? oh yeah well maybe not Oh, right. Because. Okay, fuck. Um, but if you are that listener in Bermuda nice. and you get to episode 12, hopefully you do, uh, make yourself known on social or email because interested. But it got me thinking about the Bermuda Triangle and all the weird Ooh. fucking stories we used to hear and talk about. It does seem like it was a bit more of a focus in the 90s. In the 90s, yeah. the, in the, 90s, 90s. the Bermuda Triangle. Quicksand, yeah. Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah, quicksand. UFOs. Fuck rabies. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> remember the rabies 90s yeah I think I considered the Bermuda Triangle would be a good path to go yeah. down not this week though so that's fine and also no. there's there's shit tons to talk about so we could make a whole podcast out of it so there are claims that more than 50 ships and 20 planes have disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle over the last century Ooh. and more than a thousand over the past 500 years mm. uh, and then when, when it was a big thing the theories that I would get obsessed with were whether it was aliens mm-hmm. and like UFOs or sea creatures, the Kraken, the Kraken, um, that were downing the planes and making the ships disappear. But there isn't a single theory that can explain all the disappearances, and a lot of things have been debunked anyway because it was a long time ago, and you know things weren't what they are now with like tracking and things like that. But there's a whole list of things that could have actually happened for all of these things that have caused people to suggest it was a a phenomenon in the Bermuda Triangle and I'll go through that later but first I'm going to tell you a little story it's quite long actually it's like a thousand words but don't worry about that um I'll tell you a story about a weird set of circumstances that happened um with the crew of the Ellen Austin ship Mm. so nearly your names combined. Oh, yeah. Oh, e. Yeah. Austin. Oh, Imagine God. if we Ellen got married. Norris. Would you take my name if we got married, though? I don't no, think you mate, would. No, Not going to change my name if I ever get married. So, okay. sorry. Okay, you're Let's off. not go to Bermuda, though, just in case. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, what fine. if we get joined together by a cosmic force? <laughs> no, it's fine. Anyway, so the Ellen Austin was an American schooner 
which meant it was a large multi-mast ship that weighed over 1,800 tonnes and it was 210 foot long. A oh, a tuna. I thought you said a tuna. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. You, could, you can't ride a tuna. Well, I did wonder. You can try. Well, okay. <laughs> you can say, well, I did once. <laughs> I Have you tried, though? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's a big ship, and actually, the story or like the history of the Ellen Austin is quite interesting to find interesting. But um, it's got really interesting. Like apparently, the, the original captain of it was quite a bad man, and they tried to get rid of him, but he was a bit rogue and he did some bad things to people. But there's like a really long story about all of its voyages, and like it was a very very used vessel. But anyway, so yeah, it was manufactured in 1854 in Maine. It was used to go between London and New York. It went over the Bermuda Triangle in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and then, yeah, so it, it, it was used for like 20 years. It was busy, busy, busy ship. But anyway, so in 1881, during one of her London to New York trips, she encountered another ship on her journey, which was moving in good speed. But strangely, on closer inspection, the other ship had no one on board. No, no, no. I love that. <laughs> Ghost ship. So the captain of the Ellen Austin was Captain Baker um, and he commandeered his crew to follow and observe the derelict ship for two days. Um, he was a bit worried it might have been a trap, obviously pirates mm. and things like that at that time especially. So was quite precautious um, and just like kept an eye on it, kept quite a close distance, just, you know, saw what it was up to. Um, but there was two days, no activity um, or movement from the mysterious vessel. So the captain was convinced it was safe to proceed closer. So they moved much closer and they kind of called to it, didn't get on yet, just called to it, like, anyone around, what are you up to, are you alive? No one responded. Um, so the captain gathered four of his men and rowed toward the abandoned ship. Because there was no response to their calls, it made them a little bit nervous. So they boarded the ship with their weapons drawn. Mm-hmm. I presume guns, it didn't say, it didn't specify. Um, and then in, upon inspection, the vessel appeared to be in ship shape and in reasonably well-maintained condition. Its sails were furled and tattered from exposure, but the vessel's rigging was intact. There was no sign of any violence, nor was there any sign of a crew. The only things missing were the ship's log and its nameplates, which for some reason had been removed from the bow. Um, so two of the Ellen Austin crewmen that the captain took with him inspected the abandoned ship's hold and reported it contained a well-packed shipment of mahogany. So Captain Baker speculated that the boat, the ship, had likely been sailing from Honduras, potentially to England or a Mediterranean port, um, but something must have happened to convince the crew to evacuate quickly. Oof. Um, but that's obviously unconfirmed. Um, so the captain, a bit of a wiry little guy, was intrigued and thought it could be a salvage opportunity, so wanted to commandeer the ship and take it to sell it. So he instructed his prize crew. So it, I don't know if I mentioned this, but like there was everything was in place on the mm-hmm. ship. Apart from the two things missing, everything was there. It was well stocked with food. There was no broken tables, no broken bears. Like everything was as normal as if the crew just up and left. There were even some like lifeboats and stuff left. Like it was as if they disappeared. They disappeared. They'd been raptured. They'd been raptured. Yeah, all the UFOs. So yeah, he took some of his crew. Um, they wanted to follow the Ellen Austin and then sail it to New York so they could then sell it. So within hours, Captain Baker's prize crew had the vessel sorted and on its way. For the next two days, things proceeded as normal. The ships sailed on calm waters within earshot of each other. But on the third day, the schooners were separated by a fierce Atlantic storm, which was actually a side effect of a hurricane that was tearing through Alabama, Mississippi and Georgia at the time. 
Days of relentless pounding separated the ships and then contact was lost. They could no, no longer hear or see them. Uh, so this went on for two days. The storm was quite vicious. Um, but after that, the skies opened and the seas returned to like a relative calm. Visibility extended for miles along with an odd quietness on the water, which was now as flat as a mirror. But absent from the horizon was the ship with the crew on board. Oh. The vessel and the captain's prize crew had disappeared. What? Yeah, so that was strange in itself. So didn't really know what to do, thought it was very weird. They obviously survived the storm because there's obviously one of the big theories is obviously very freak storms or 30-foot waves yeah. can happen, yeah, do yeah, happen, yeah. especially in big um, bodies of water. But the fact that they were also in that storm and nothing bad happened to them, they managed to weather it, would assume that the other vessel could have saved itself as well, especially with an experienced crew on board. Mm -hmm. So it was a very, very weird circumstance. Um, so it doesn't say how long, but for some time they'd been separated. They were still actively looking for it. And you know, maybe a couple of days later, even a week later, it was spotted once again by Captain Baker's lookout, the abandoned vessel. So through his spyglass, the captain could just about see the sails of the derelict ship. It wasn't following course. It was drifting aimlessly, just like it did was the first time they saw mm. it. So Baker, the captain, ordered his ship to change course so that it would intercept the salvage opportunity, so meet them on the way. Um, but those on board the Ellen Austin, so the ship that he was commandeering, knew something was wrong and the abandoned vessel was reportedly sailing so erratically that it took hours to catch up with her because oh. it wasn't just a, yeah. a linear journey. Uh, so the Ellen Austin closed in on the schooner. The captain and his men attempted to hail the ship as before, but no answer came. Baker, the captain, again assembled an inspection team and quickly rowed to the cryptic ship. And once again, the men on boarded with guns drawn. Of the prize crew, they found nothing. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. <laughs> no one was on board. The cargo hold was still full. And most everything else oh was in border. Oh, my God. Except, obviously, the crew... It was like the crew had never been on the ship at all. Like, none of the food oh. that they found was eaten. No food rations were missing. The bunks had not been slept in. Considering the storm went on for two days and then who knows how long that they looked for that ship, it looked as if it was the first time they found it or it was as if their encounter, their first encounter with the Ellen Austin had never happened. There was a new logbook that Captain Baker left just saying, oh, this is how we found it, this is what we're doing, etc., etc." when they first discovered it and that had also disappeared. So it was like... Nothing had it's ever happened. Through a time warp or something. Yeah. Well, oh my God. Eerie Indiana. The crew of the Ellen Austin, that were obviously now convinced that the derelict ship was cursed, just wanted to abandon it. They wanted to get the fuck out of there. Didn't want to play these games anymore. Their stupid captain kept making them play. Um, but Captain Baker was still keen to cash in on the potential salvage opportunity of a ship in good working order. And obviously that was a, a big commodity in those times, 1881 yeah. anyway. So, you know, he had dollar signs in his eyes um, he obviously Baker didn't know what happened on board the other vessel but he thought the likelihood of it happening again was extremely unlikely did he get on it himself then? <laughs> you go and have a look over there you do it not me I'll sit here with my rum so he actually he had apparently according to reports it took hours of careful negotiation for Captain Baker to convince his superstitious seaman to even consider <laughs> making another attempt. The crew feared something evil was at play 
but Baker reasoned there was a rational explanation for the disappearance. To kind of calm the fears, the captain said to follow at a distance of no more than 10 ship lengths. And he That's allowed... quite far. Yeah. But there's, there's nothing else out there. Like, it's just an oh, endless horizon. That's you can still see it. Um, and he allowed his men to carry firearms. Good. A second... <laughs> that's going to save them from the <laughs> unknown <laughs> entity, yeah, the ghost. Um, the second crew was assembled and eventually convinced <clears throat> to undertake the daunting assignment. As the men readied the derelict ship for sailing back to New York, the weather again turned inclement. This time, a dense fog settled across the water, oh lowering God. a cloud of thick mist, reducing visibility to mere feet. Again, the Ellen Austin's lookout lost sight oh my God. of the second ship. <laughs> Stop doing it! Stop sending people onto that fucking ship! <laughs> Just learn! On this day, the seas were not treacherous. However, such poor visibility separated the two vessels and brought the Ellen Austin to standstill. For the hours, the men tried to peer through the fog, scanning the waters, looking for any trace of the other ship. And then when the fog started to lift, the lookout was the first to shout, she's gone. Oh, God. This time, Captain Baker listened to his crew. Um, and then as the, as the legend goes, the Ellen Austin never witnessed the derelict or its second prize crew again. Captain Baker's schooner continued on to New York, where it arrived somewhat late in February of 1881. Fuck. Christ. <laughs> yeah. That's mental. So there was like quite a few different things that I read, and some people have said that the first part of the story is definitely true and um, the second part could not be like a hundred percent confirmed due to lack of wider mm. evidence um and that actually many initially related the case to ufos brilliant <laughs> and imagined that it could be a case of abduction by the aliens um but the only kind of categorical fact is obviously that it's not solved and we don't know what happened to those people but the ellen austin started its journey on 5th of november 1880 from london and finally reached new york on february 11th 1881 so that was a longer journey than normal and Mm. longer for it in general um and it indicates that that a lot of time was spent in searching for the unnamed ship in that period Oh, it's so creepy. It's really weird. Yeah. Is there any... Has anyone come up with any... I don't know loads about the Bermuda Triangle, so I don't know exactly what's happened there. But has anyone come up with any, like, kind of plausible explanation for what the hell goes on? So, no, is the short answer. But I do have a list of all of the plausible, like, scientific things that could account for... All of the mysterious things. There is also the fact that the Bermuda Triangle area is really, really vast. So mm. it's not that it's an anomaly specifically there because of unknown forces. It's more that it's a body of water that's so big that it's common to happen in general. No, sorry, it's not common to happen in general, but the likelihood of it happening is higher because it's such a big body of water. Mm. But there are like shit tons of reasons why. So number one theory is the methane gas theory. So large amount of methane gas is known to exist below the ocean floor trapped in the sediments in form of methane hydrates. Daily, this is all up your street, yeah, it's yeah, science. Yeah, yeah. Um, if such gas finds its way out and starts rinsing through the water, it can significantly re- reduce the density of water in that area and of ships course. passing over the area can sink in no time. Oh. Such, gas can release, such gas released can also create explosions and saturate the atmosphere with methane gas causing planes to crash. Right. So it's all kind of like a kind of like a tunnel Mm. um, that can obviously sink ships and then down planes there's more so there's the other the other suggestion is it's um the sargasso sea so the sargasso sea is one of the seas that 
fall mm. into the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. And it's a strange area that has no shores, but is bounded by ocean currents on all sides. Mm. And this has been the trap for many sailing vessels in the past. Many sailing boats and ships are believed to have become completely motionless while passing through this area and later found in derelict conditions without a soul they just can't get on out. them. Yeah, so in theory, the guys could abandon ship thinking that they're going to die there, but then it eventually gets itself free and moves on, so it looks like it's mm. manning itself without a crew. Um, dense seaweed on water surface and exceptionally low winds have been the main cause of making vessels motionless in this area. Um, there's there's fucking shit tons like something about clouds. I think I remember that there was something about like <clears throat> the magnetic. So like the Earth's magnetic field is not straightforward, and there's something about that area that like basically fucks compasses up. So right. like navigation just goes completely out of whack. So you can't yeah. ever really tell what direction you're going in. Um. Yeah, I just heard that as well. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, there's so, all of the things on this list that, that like, they could all have happened to like three or four different examples, and just the fact that it's such a big area just means that it all happened and mm-hmm. it's all true. Yeah. Um, but there's the whirlpools and the blue holes is another reason. What the fuck is a blue hole? What? <laughs> <laughs> so a strange phenomenon has been noticed in the Bahamas, which is located at the western corner of Bermuda of the Bermuda Triangle and about fifty miles off the coast of Florida. There are whirlpools here with very strong tidal currents flowing in and out of them. Any ships passing over them can easily get sucked in and into the endless depths. In fact, such phenomena has been known to the natives here since ages and an ancient belief says that there is an underwater monster that breathes in and out during inhalation. I mean, obviously this is not true. Well, I mean, I don't know. I've not been down there. Um, During inhalation, it can suck in human beings easily or even ships. However, the real facts have now been known. Uh, there are actually many blue holes in the Bahamas water area. These are large underwater caves. (laughs) Or cavities that have been formed through geological transformations. These bottle-shaped caves that have their openings near the water surface can have depths of hundreds of feet. The largest such blue hole in the Bahamas, the second deepest in the world, is Dean's Blue Hole and has a depth of 663 foot. No. Not as, not as that's not as big as thingy, uh, yeah, as which is 900, right? And then they called it Batman's Cave. What was it called? <laughs> Bushman's. Bushman's. Bushman's, that's cave. it. The Afrikaans word is a bit like Batman's. Yeah, oh, I, I saw that because I was looking for it when I was doing the like description for this week's episode <laughs> yeah. and I was like, should I write it like this? <laughs> <laughs> what is right? Um, fuck! Yeah, oh, blue it, holes. It says that divers have discovered that, that deep below in the blue holes there are many lateral tunnels that have originated from fuck the walls off. of the blue <laughs> hole. Stop! Nope, 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 and they run for miles in different directions. No. Oh, God! Miles. Water flows in and out of these tunnels during tide change and that can actually oh, cause the tidal currents. It. Um, on the ocean surface and the whirlpools, and these whirlpools can be extremely dangerous. Holy shit, ships. Where do we live? I mean, not in the Bahamas, but <sighs> still. There's then, something. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but, but honestly, there's shit tons. Like, there, there's, a, there's a, um, a note about the compass variations, the freak waves, which is what I mentioned. So, mm. there's a rogue wave that is um, accounted for causing the destruction of the Ocean Ranger, which was then the world's largest offshore platform, to, and it capsized in a- 1982. Uh, and that research has shown that freak waves up to 30 metres high are capable of sinking large ships within moments. They can do that, and that does happen, but it's very, very rare. But 
I mean, there's a film coming out at the moment with... Oh, yeah, that looks horrible. ...Adrift with yeah. the girl out of Big Little Lies, which, mm. like, I mean, obviously it's CGI, but that massive, massive wave. If you're a tiny... Not even a tiny ship, if you're, like, a relatively small ship, you're you just up. get completely capsized. You can't ride that kind mm. of wave. So, yeah, and if it's a freak thing that doesn't happen very often, of course you're not going to know. And that's... I mean, there's probably just shit tons of ships at the bottom of the ocean. There's, there's, there's loads more. There's loads of stuff. Um, obviously, human error comes into it people just fucking up blowing holes in their um ships and then also the other one that i just wanted to mention before i stop talking about the bermuda triangle um is that the seafloor in the bermuda triangle area is also found to be quite strange the technology of sonar mapping which obviously like you can look at what how the seafloor is um made up has been used by scientists to understand the depth of the seafloor at various places in the triangle some unusual formations have been found in various places from a gentle slope the seafloor takes a sudden deep drop in fact some of the deepest trenches in the world are found in this area ships or planes that sink into these deep trenches will probably never be found Mm, as they're virtually inaccessible and scientists also speculate that there could be large deep ocean craters on the seafloor of the bermuda triangle that can be caused by large amount of oil leaks or bursting methane gas, as we mentioned about, that were trapped at different levels below the seafloor. Giant craters like this have already been discovered at Barents Sea off the coast of Norway, which mm. uh, that was a, th- a finding in 2016. Um, and we know that they do exist in the Bermuda Triangle area as well because the seafloor in the area is known to contain l- the large amounts of methane gas. So it can e- things can disappear without a trace very easily and you'll never find them even with sonar mapping you can't find them because it's so far down and we don't have technology at the moment that can do that yeah so yeah let's a never go to the bermuda triangle area and b get on a big ship going to new york yeah that's fine by me do planes still plane through there yeah yeah do they yeah but there was that i mean obviously it came out when the um malaysian airs Mm. Malaysian airplane went there was like a Bermuda Triangle thing but obviously it wasn't I don't think the trajectory would have reached no, there no I don't think going there but also and this the, this story this not this story but the, the one I'm just going to talk about has been on my list for a very long time but the Mary Celeste which mm. is one of the biggest stories of a ship gone awry and a missing crew um, that was nowhere near the trajectory but even at some point they were like well she went through the Bermuda Triangle so that's what happened to it so mm. The Mary Celeste is really interesting. As a but story. so say if there's all these like very reasonable reasons that would lead to a ship becoming stationary. So like say it gets stuck in things or, you know, gets into that sea and can't move. Like things like, like the Mary Celeste was completely abandoned, wasn't it? Or the ship that you were just referring to that like they hadn't taken the lifeboats. Like, what would cause everyone just to jump off? Yeah, well, that's that's and the what, bit. Try that you swimming, don't... like what the fuck? But yeah. that's the thing, like things that go missing completely. So for the last <clears throat> part of that story, where the ship went missing and you couldn't find it, like likely that it it sank or something happened yeah. to it. But what actually happened to the crew and where they yeah. are? Because they're not all going to jump ship. They're not all no, going to no, no, exactly. go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just took one lifeboat and went. Mm. It's just, I mean, and also if you think about it from a point of view of. We don't talk about this a lot anymore because it's easily debunked. There's lots more things that we can add to it. There's a lot more tracking and a lot more kind of mm. technology. We don't have 100% accurate, you know, retelling of stories. It could be that they all just took a lifeboat and tried it or whatever, but we mm. just have no idea. And it's also weird that no one, if anyone survived and anyone did jump ship, that no one found land at any point. It's just, yeah, fucking weird is all I can answer that question with. But also, like, if they found the ship like in 
good order, that kind of indicates that there wouldn't have been a situation where they needed to get off really quickly. Like panic. Yeah. yeah. That's so weird. Mm. And also, yeah, you wouldn't assume that everyone would decide to leave because if you thought that like the end was nigh, you'd rather just sit in the fucking cabin and get boozed mm. and just like blot it out rather than like jumping into the sea, which could have been full of yeah. well sharks and monsters and fish. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, that yeah. was very good. Yeah. Nice and creepy. I feel like the Bermuda Triangle would be a rich seam to mine. Yeah, for when sure. When it comes to like, I'm going. I'm still going with aliens. Just. I love, yeah, I love the concept of aliens. Yeah. Would you ever go to... Where's that place in the US? It's Area like, 51. Oh, of yeah, course, yeah. That one. Yes. Want to go there? Yeah, 100%. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. So anyway, from Bermuda Triangles to... Well. Mm. Mine's quite short, so I'm going to give you a little Mine preamble. Mine was fucking long. It's Yours like long. Friday, it was isn't it? Very good. It's very good. Um, so there's a US TV show called I Survived, which is all about, obviously, people who have survived. Um, and I've referenced it, it before, and like they might be people who have survived like nearly being killed, or they might be people who have you know, been stranded up a mountain or lost at sea or something and they're kind of telling their story in a really like neat way. And I've spoken about it before and there is a story that I'm keeping in my arsenal because I want to tell it on this podcast but basically can't find naffle um, about it Ooh. online. But, so I realised today, <clears throat> slash three days ago when I started researching this story... It's fine. <laughs> guys, we had our own, I survived. What? Because, let me just play you a little... Let, no. let me just play you a little something, something, and see if you What's recognize going on? it. What is this? I just want to play this. Is Ringing this any bells? Casualty? No. Nine 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 lifesavers. Yeah. I fucking love nine 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 lifesavers. <laughs> What's the trademark on this? <laughs> Copyright. Oh, oh yeah, my God, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. So nostalgic. This is very nineties too. Oh, here we go, here we go. When the beat drops. <laughs> anyway, I probably won't play the whole thing, but nine 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 with Michael Burke. Yes, yes. Michael Burke. Michael. Where is it? Is he dead? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Okay, good. Let's get him on the so. show. I saw a very lovely programme about him once. He's just like a very nice, mild-mannered man. Anyway, so I realised, <laughs> fucking hell, 999 was our I Survived. Yes, I it really was. I thought you were going to say, like, you discovered something that we were all in that, like, almost could have led to our <laughs> no. deaths. And I was like, how do I know about this? <laughs> that would have been a reveal. Yeah. That would have been a great one, by the way. No, so I realised, fucking 999 was our I Survived. And this is, like, so, if you're... Els, you're probably like the watershed. I feel like if you're over 30 and <laughs> were brought up in the UK, you're going to know 999. I'm just under 30 and yeah. I do know 999. Yeah. So it was your cool as fuck and you know was, what's right. Yeah, in the exactly. World. Yeah. Damn right. It was uh, a, a gentle, not, it wasn't gentle, a BBC programme <laughs> presented by the yes. gentle My- Michael Burke. Gentle yet serious, because mm. he had a message to tell you. Well, yeah. you got to stay safe. Exactly, man. So very people were getting like stranded in various places, stung by eight hundred bees, mm. all of these, all of these different things, <laughs> all these different experiences, and it was um, set out in that 
uh, a story would be reenacted with actors yes. very dramatically and then you would learn about like um, the emergency services and how they addressed it and it was kind of like here's what you should do if you're stung by 800 bees yep. etc yeah, yeah, etc yeah. so and I remember very vividly a particular story that happened in one of these 999 episodes and I was like shit yes I'm going to do that <laughs> 999 episode so I took to the internet <laughs> and I'd done several Googles. Great. Oh, yeah, good. Good start. All of the combinations. Googles. And mostly it was just people tweeting going, oh, yeah, I remember an episode when blah, blah, blah happened. And I was like, no, but what happened? Who was it? When did it happen? Give me the Tell details. Me, give me the details. Give me the details. I looked on YouTube. They didn't have fuck all. They've got some episodes on there, which I would recommend if yes. you haven't watched 999 with Michael Burke. <laughs> Um, but they didn't have this very specific story that I was looking for. So I was like, God damn it, I need the details because this is a good story. So what I found instead was basically the exact same thing happened to someone in America. Oh, okay, <laughs> fine. I thought you were so, going to say you went back to your childhood home, found so, your VHS yeah. tapes of when you taped I off the TV. through the handwritten VHS. Went to a charity <laughs> shop. So what I'm going to tell you is a story that was on 999, but not actually the story that was on 999. I couldn't find it. And if any, if if this... If you are the person. If this this reference is ringing any bells to anyone, I bet you're going to guess what I'm about to say. So let me take you back to 1993. Okay. To Metuchen, New Jersey. Probably haven't said that right. Um, To St. Joseph's School. Mm. Where 15-year-old sophomore Jeremy Campbell, who is the track team manager, so I guess that's like athletics team yeah. manager, right? Yeah. So he is prepping the field for a track meet, being a dutiful team manager. Um, he's putting down cones <laughs> to establish the different boundaries for the different athletics events. <laughs> when all of a sudden, he hears someone shout, Duck! Uh-oh. Oh, my God. So he does duck. But that doesn't stop an eight-foot aluminium javelin from spearing him in the back of the neck. Oh, Fucking my hell. God. No. So This it, is why you shouldn't do team sports. Right? But that's not even a team sport. Well, no, I mean, like, don't a do sport around day. other people. Don't do sports. Yeah. So, um... A javelin had soared through the air and speared him directly behind the right ear and it came out the front of his neck. Oh, my God! (laughs) That is so disgusting. How are you going to put a picture of this on Instagram daily? That's what I want to know. I know. I'm really sorry. I'm not sorry. I can't believe that this lad survived. (laughs) So, well, so Jeremy Campbell is only 15. Um, Oh, no. So bear in mind, can I say this is a near miss? He has survived. Um, I didn't so, got that by the yeah. I survived part. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so he, Jeremy later said, I didn't see it at all. At first, I thought I hit my head and bounced. Oh, sorry. At first, I thought it hit my head and bounced off. But then I looked down and saw it. <laughs> so he's like <gasps> sticking out of me. Sticking out of my neck. About one foot of the javelin was sticking out the front of his neck. No. Yeah, not great. Um, I didn't feel much pain. It felt like someone was pinching my neck and I wasn't bleeding very much. Whoa. So it wasn't as bad as you might imagine, though I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Well, yeah, no, thanks. Yeah. Thanks Sound very much advice. for um, good advice. So basically everyone came running. Some people were screaming. They were trying to calm him down. He said everyone was freaking out around me, so I had to try to do something. 
I said, I'll be all right. <laughs> One of my friends said, yeah, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to this. He said, what I, feel, what I felt really bad about was that this stopped the track meet. I really didn't want to disrupt anything. I'll just, no. just walk off you with a javelin in my neck. You carry on. You run that 100 metres. <laughs> So anyway, because obviously there's plenty of people around and it's like in a school, within minutes there were three ambulances, three fire trucks, one fire chief's car and three police cars circling. That's overkill. Yeah, maybe that's too many. Circling the fallen figure of Jeremy Campbell. The emergency medical unit used Velcro stripes to immobilise his head against the blackboard. At this point, they knew that they needed to get him to the nearby Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital in New Brunswick for specialist care. So they had to immobilise him. The fire trucks showed up with a Jaws of Life apparatus. His head was immobilised with Velcro stripes against the backboard because, because they had to clip off six feet of the javelin to get him in the helicopter. Oh, oh my Christ. God. Because you can't get into a jav- you can't get into a helicopter with an eight foot javelin sticking out either side of your neck. It's like dogs trying to get through doors with sticks. sticks exactly. <laughs> Big sticks. I mean, that's a very crap. Exactly. No, but that's, that's basically it. You can't get in. That's, if that's you can't imagine him not getting into yeah. a helicopter with a javelin in his mouth, think about dogs with sticks. Yeah. Um, so within about forty five minutes of when he was punctured, what a word. What phrasing. Campbell and the remainder of the javelin were on the operating table. So, every, you know, this is everyone moving very, very fast. Um, so it took... So it was on the operating table. It took an hour to remove the javelin. Um, as it was, he only suffered just some minor injuries to the muscle mass. Christ. Basically, this is another case of if it was just millimetres away, it would have been totally fatal. It could have hit the jugular vein. It could have hit his windpipe. But it just kind of went through muscle and kind of out the other side he was released from hospital with nothing but a five inch scar down the right side of his neck and a two-foot remnant of a surgically removed javelin for a souvenir oh my god that is crazy yeah it is totally nuts they they've never named the person who it was that was throwing the javelin it's purely an accident like he was putting out the cones to define the javelin throwing area basically yeah you know this is a a bad incident quite a lot of people have had been struck by javelins which seems like before you throw it just check do you know what I mean just check there's no one within don't throw and then go heads up (laughs) yeah but I always think like when you're watching the Olympics or when you're watching athletics generally people do seem to be kicking about quite near to where the javelin is going to be landing I always think this like it's just too close to each other why why can't you just wait a bit longer yeah yeah just don't, don't be so eager to throw that javelin. Mm. You're fine. Chill out. Wait for a minute. Um, so, yeah, Jeremy Campbell had a javelin through the neck and survived, and it was inspired by someone on 999, but I'll never know his name. So the same thing happened to someone? Yes. Basically, that's the whole thing. And like when you talk about 999, a lot of people are like, oh, the javelin through the neck episode. <laughs> that's the not iconic, our conversation. The iconic javelin through the neck episode. Um but fuck knows who that was because he's not remembered he's on not. line anywhere. Shame. What's your standout 999? Yours is the javelin. Yeah. Do you have one? I think mine is, but it might not have been this programme. But when, and this is something that I still worry about today, is when people get their hair caught in swimming pools. Oh, yeah, that is a 999. Yeah, that was one of the other Christ. often mentioned 999 episodes. I don't have long hair in general because it doesn't look good on me, but also because I don't want to get caught in a swimming pool. Oh my god, I didn't know that was a thing. Get like in the filter to get sucked into get the filters. Get sucked filtration. into the filters. Oh, 
No, thank you. Yeah, it's not great. And obviously you can drown because if you don't get... Because of the water. Well, yeah, the water on top of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, it will. But yeah, what's yours? Uh, two. One is, I think, to do with quicksand. <laughs> back again. Back at the it two again things with the quicksand. I think about you, that you don't like quicksand and sinkholes. You just you bring them up a lot. It's something that you worry about. <laughs> I bring up quicksand before. Well, twice a day anyway. So. <laughs> no, I said quicksand. But she then mentioned something um, about it, didn't she? She fucking hates it. I do. <laughs> also, um, fireworks getting oh. like so firework remnants getting in someone's eye, and then the advice was just wear some goggles while you're watching fireworks. <laughs> Not gonna do that. Not wearing you sunglasses. Yeah, exactly. November fifth. Get Not those doing on. It. Pop your science lab coat on. You'll be fine. It's a strong look, to be fair. Mm, right. Okay. We should bring it back, actually. Maybe yeah. maybe after the success of this podcast, we can bring back no, no, 999, no. what's your emergency? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be lovely. I mean, t- t- its original title was just 999. Oh, okay. I wonder who would present it these days. Us. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we just <Obviously>. said that. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Elsa Rooney, over to you. I'm oh, yeah, sorry, Elsa, you'll go. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I don't need any introductions. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with a question. Mm. All right. Tell me what you think about this. If someone uh, created a, not a cure, but like the... Um, Antidote? Not, well, I don't think so. Like the medicine, maybe, I don't know, for everlasting life or everlasting youth would you take it no no i'd get really bored no way yeah no i don't think i would either like i think it would be quite terrible like in death becomes her yes death becomes such a great what film what a film elves sorry elves oh god we need to rectify this tonight okay. isabella okay. rossellini proffering you the uh, secret to eternal youth and life You'd okay. be like, wow, you'd think about it. You'd be like, shit, maybe. Well, yeah, look at you. Peak Goldie Horn, mate. Yes. Peak Goldie Horn with her head the peak, wrong way around her body. Peak what? Um, say Meryl Street. Meryl Street. And I, Bruce my... Willis. But like, not that he looked good in it, but, you know. With hair, though, right? Yeah, yeah, hair yeah. In it. yeah, yeah. Ernest. Yes, fuck yeah. Well, guys, now I feel like I don't sorry, need to watch sorry. the film. <laughs> I used to have it on VCR. Okay. VCR? No, yeah. tape. Yeah, it, I thought that was the name of the... Anyway, VHS. Matter. VHS. Oh, yeah, the VCRs. Anyway. So, anyway, this lad um, that I'm going to tell you about, he got... He thought he found what was kind of the cure to everlasting youth slash life. Life. Led to his demise. Uh-oh. So, this is Alexander Alexandrovic, because... Why have one name when you can have two, which are the same? Uh, Bogdanov. He was a physician, a philosopher, a science fiction writer, and a revolutionary living in Russia in the late nineteenth, early twentieth century. Okay. So he was a he was a big communist. He loved it. No doubt. Yeah, and he co-founded the Bolshevik Party with Lenin. Um, but he was expelled in nineteen oh nine because he wanted to apply the principles of science to a Marxist socialist structure. <laughs> Obviously. What an error. Don't we all? What Don't we yeah. all? So the party dismissed him. Fine. He went up for that. Fine. Um, so after that kind of spell in politics, he I took... what that means. <laughs> You're the scientist in the group. Yeah. What is wrong with Come you? Come on, can you write us a paper on this, please? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just combine it. We'll figure it out. We'll tell you. Tell you next week. So after that, he took the obvious step for a man who almost led the Communist Party. 
he started to write science fiction mm. novels. Yeah, that's what Makes he went sense. into. So he combined his love of science with his love of politics. Um, and he wrote a novel called Red Star, which imagines a communist utopia on Mars. Again, fine. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. Where do I sign up? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Um, in the novel... I really love that your notes are bullet-pointed, by the way. I think this is fucking great. I think I accidentally did that. <laughs> I was like, fine. I mean, they had like little dashes in because I find it easier to read. And then yeah. I... I accidentally got rid of them, so I could only put bullet points back in. <laughs> get, to, get to the point, hit the keynotes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in the novel, um, a revolutionary by the name of Leonid travels to Mars in order to bring back their lovely communist ideas and implement them into Earth. So the Mars communists practice something called physiological collectivism. Uh, and so that is the practice of exchanging blood oh christ and that not only improves their health but it also binds their society together blood brothers exactly i literally called my document blood brothers (laughs) yeah i love it thanks um so he did that and he also wrote a few papers i think maybe on politics and science he was kind of you know big in the medical world kept himself busy he kept himself busy so life was kind of imitating art um because Bogdanov was continuing his medical studies and he became quite interested in blood transfusions. So that's kind of his his thing. It was his jam. <laughs> We've all got to have something. His was blood transfusions. Deplete like my blood and put your creepy. blood in me. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Yeah. So World War One comes and he works as a military doctor. Um, and after that, he kind of, he went a little bit back to his communist party because he thought that there was... Um, there could be beneficial military applications of blood transfusions. Um, and Stalin gave Bogdanov his support, and in 1926 he opened the Institute of Blood Transfusion. Lovely. <laughs> so blood transfusions were already being used in the West to help people that had deficiency and diseases, as I guess they are still used. Bogdanov believed they were the key to life extension. So that was his game. I mean, I'm not sure they are, mate. I'm thinking about it, though, like... Prove me wrong, else, but it could could be something. Could it, he could have had something there? He may have done. I don't want your blood in me. I'm just saying, let's explore this. I mean, you do need someone else's blood in you, otherwise. So. Don't know what blood type I am. Do you not? No. You've never given blood. No, mate. The d- resolve that. The, no, yes, obviously, from like a, a moral human point of view. The only time that I've gone to give blood is I got my ear pierced within uh, yeah, like four yeah. four months ago or something and yeah. it's like a six oh, month rule isn't it? it yeah the only time I did I didn't I had shit iron so they told me to go oh really yeah I need to go back again to see if my iron's better podcast trip to give blood let's yeah. do it <laughs> lovely Bogdanov would be proud <laughs> <laughs> give it to each other yeah. <laughs> <laughs> podcast trip to swap blood <laughs> goes deep um so, he believed in the positive effects of blood transfusions so much that he regularly partook in them. Um, but, like, as we were just saying about blood groups, like, just, just swapping blood with anyone that he found on the street, or was he focusing on people that had the same blood group as him? So Did I, it go into that detail? Well, I read a couple of conflicting things because when I go into what happened in the end, something that I read suggested that it might have been because there was a conflict in blood groups that led to what Oh, fine. Sorry. Um, But however, something else I read said that they knew it was the same blood group. So um, I don't know enough about whether they were far enough along with that 
to know whether that was a thing and that mattered. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, while he was he was kind of going about having lots of lovely blood transfusions, he was publishing articles on his experience. He believed that they would extend his youth and possibly make him immortal. He sounds... Slightly mad. Fine. He sounds like a neat guy. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have a drink with him. No. <laughs> a glass of red. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. You just stick a needle in your Mind arm. Mind your neck in. <laughs> so, whilst he was doing this, he was reporting that his eyesight had, imp- had improved. So, maybe it's something to look into, because oh, shit eyesight. <laughs> Give it a go. Um, <laughs> Fuck opticians, just get new blood. It's a drastic step, fine. <laughs> It'll take a long time. I don't think he understands how blood works. Like I think that's a fundamental yeah. thing. Um, and that he'd stop balding. <laughs> um, a fellow revolutionary, Leonid Krasin, proclaimed in a letter to his wife that Bogdanov seems to have become seven, no ten, years younger after the operation. Did he just have a facelift? Yeah, Did he just be? put on a different shirt? Or something? Maybe, maybe he's got a haircut. Yeah, haircut. Yeah. yeah, haircut and a shave. That yeah. knocks years off, man. I mean, right, we've all right. seen Queer Eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still haven't seen that. Oh, man, girl. Sorry. <laughs> I think I need to be expelled from the group. Anyway. Sarah can't do the podcast anymore. <laughs> Sarah doesn't work with us anymore. Get out. Um, at the age of 54, Bogdanov, Bogdanov exchanged a litre of blood with a physics student... The student had both malaria and tuberculosis, but Bogdanov believed he wouldn't be affected because he'd been exposed to tuberculosis on numerous occasions. He's a fucking idiot. It's not a great idea, granted. Arrogant, if anything. (laughs) Yeah. Malaria doesn't touch me. Just don't do it. So, just don't do it. (laughs) Just like, got nothing to lose. Just have a sandwich, (laughs) sit down and write another paper, stop swapping blood with people. Chill your beats. Chill your beats. Beats are red. Fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. It all Chill makes your sense. Beats. Good tip. Pop them in the fridge. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Unfortunately and unsurprisingly, <laughs> he became terribly ill incredibly quickly. Ill. <laughs> after the transfusion. His kidneys stopped working. Oh, God. His urine turned black. Whoa! <laughs> oh, God. And his That's heart... A terrible time. ...weakened. Obviously. His lungs began filling with um, fluid. Oh, God. Uh, and despite the doctor realising Bogdanov's situation was definitely terminal, he agreed to another blood transfusion. <laughs> well, what, what, what harm can it do? What would that dying man want, to be honest? <laughs> but another blood transfusion. He wants to go out having a blood transfusion. His respiration improved for a short while, but alas, he couldn't be saved, and he died of heart failure on April the 7th, 1928. The very ill student who'd taken his blood recovered and survived. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, it's the right thing to happen, I suppose. Well done, him. Um, so I feel like definitely he's died from the uh, tuberculosis and the malaria, but it has been hypothesised by modern experts that actually his death might not have occurred from one single transfusion, but from the 11 years oh, he said he spent hell. experimenting with blood transfusions. Look, I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about science or biology, but surely antibodies and like building up your immunity and your exposure to other things, if you just keep 
swapping yeah, you're the, with it. You're fucking with it. Yeah. And also the thing that you might have been okay with, like i.e. a mild dose of malaria, however mild it was, mm. you don't have that immunity in your body because you just keep swapping. I mean, obviously there's, yeah. there's other things in the blood in your body that stop you from getting diseases, but surely if he just kept swapping in and out of the blood that he wanted for that week, like changing clothes, <laughs> that he wouldn't have had that normal immunity to things that other people would have had. Yeah, because, I would have thought so. Yeah, what a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's not the best way to live your life, I don't think. Well, no, because he died. So. He did die from it, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bogdanov. I mean, I guess it was early, so we still didn't really know. But just don't... Why... My question is, why do you want to be immortal? Yeah. Just it's stop. not just blood that ages you. Well, this you know is what I'm mean? saying. Like, Also, like, but it's not just blood that makes you get diseases and problems because there's so many other things that go on in your body. So just replacing the bloody, like, bloody? Replacing the blood. <laughs> the bloody blood. The bloody blood. Uh, replacing the blood doesn't t- tick every box. There's, again, like, looking older, skin, mobility, mm. bones, the density mm. of your bones, anything like that. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're casting shame on him and it was, like, 120 years ago. But still, think. Think about think it. Think about it, Bogdanov. Yeah. Maybe it would have been fine on Mars, though. So, maybe he should have just gone there. Yeah. I feel like, he, yeah, he maybe was creating these weird communist societies in Mars and trying to find the answer to eternal youth. Mm. I, I think he might have had a, just a, f- a few issues. Maybe, maybe like a personality out, disorder. Like a little, uh, yeah. Obsessive. Maybe. Obsessive. Maybe a little Blood bit. obsessive. Blood obsessive, yeah. Maybe that was his kink. Maybe he really got off on oh, having blood. multiple blood transfusions a what? year. Else, uh, well done, very good. I really the thing that I love most about this podcast, and this is very singular to me, is that we'd never come with the same stories. So but fun. like to the point of, there's been like three times I think for all of us where someone's done something that was on their list or was yeah. something that they would have done. Yeah, it almost came with right out a few years. Yeah, ago. <laughs> it's been going We've on been so long. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Like. I hadn't heard about that. So Bushman's Cave. This, yeah, friend of uh, friend of the podcast, Kevin Machen. Kevin, said, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, um, said that if he didn't know me slash us, he wouldn't believe that we didn't check. Really? Yeah, but we really don't check. We really no, don't. We, we don't. just rock the up. only and the only time we've ever had someone involved is episode ten with the celebrity one because it's likelier oh, yeah. that yeah, we would yeah. have something that would cross over. But even then, no way, nothing. <laughs> Yeah, very, very, very good stories this week, pal. Yeah, really enjoyed I liked it. Him. Yeah, me too. Mine was mostly preamble. <laughs> Mine was mostly the no, no, no theme tune, but I'm not. Oh, bad. I loved it. But that's why I'm the even... the concept of this podcast is so good because it does touch on anything we want it to be. Javelin in neck. So this is the part of the podcast where we talk about our girl crushes. Um, it's something that we love to do because we consider ourselves feminists and supporters of women and we like talking about it and also I get a lot from it of the two mm. people that you recommend every week anyway people to get into people to yeah. see what they're doing exactly see what they're uh, okay. feel free to skip it if you want to I mean you can do it everyone we're all adults but you might learn something so please stay but anyway mine this week I was going to do <laughs> just a random tweet that I found that a woman shared about Paul the Octopus <gasps> the guy that the guy is an octopus. <laughs> he was definitely an octopus that predicted uh, the 2010... That dude. The that dude. He predicted a lot of the 2010 
um, World Cup results. Oh. And he got death threats. He had to be given like what? safety in Spain. He was an octopus. An octopus. An octopus. Yeah. I'll no share shit. I'll share the I'll share the link because it was actually I literally lolled out loud on a train. It was really hilarious. But actually I wanted to do somebody else who was on my mind anyway. Still Twitter, because, you know, why not? But um, my girl crush this week is Charlotte Clymer. It's someone that I follow on Twitter. And she is very liberal. I use Twitter a lot for news. Like, I see what's going on. I see the dumpster fire of what's going on in the world. And I look at Twitter and I see what is happening in my bubble. I know that I have a bubble. I have a liberal left-leaning bubble I know that um but she's someone that tweets on a regular basis like it's probably you know part of her full-time job she's like a spokesperson I wouldn't call her an influencer but she's got like you know like 150,000 followers on Twitter she's very knowledgeable she's very well spoken um and she's fair she's not just a Trump's a dick do whatever like she's she's got reasons behind it um and she comes up in my timeline a lot because I do like a lot of her tweets etc etc And then I thought back to the reason that I actually follow her in the first place. And she tweeted around the time of the Vegas shooter, the horrible situation that happened Mm. last year. And she tweeted this really long story about the propensity of military people to have PTSD and Mm. issues after service. Um, So she's trans. Um, She came out as trans after I started following her. Um, And obviously her story of being a male in the military at the time Mm was what led her to this long rant that got it went a bit viral. Mm. Um, um, and she said about how the PTSD really affects men and a lot of men that are um, that do, you know, mass crimes and things also have a history of domestic violence mm. and things like that. And it was just a really well-written, thought-out tweet. It was a very much a, everyone respects the military, but they never think about them after the fact yeah, and what yeah, it does to yeah. us yeah. and the wars kind of that we do. Kind out of the system. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And about how, you know, if you don't have a good support system around you. And I went, I tried to go, I liked it obviously at the time, but it was, you know, October and I like a lot of tweets. So I went through all of my Twitter trying to find the actual thread, but I will do for, it took me ages, it took me like an hour because I was lolling at a lot of the things that I retweet because Twitter is hilarious to me. Mm. Um, but I will share it because it is really, really interesting. But, um, and I've just, I followed her then and I've, I've followed her since because I just find her really interesting to follow. Obviously, and we'll, we'll not go into it, but there's a lot of stuff happening at the moment with ICE in America and the borders and oh. the children. Let's not go into it. But she's very knowledgeable. She's very, I want to say fair. I feel mm. like she's a normal person. She's got very good morals. And like even for some of the trolling that she gets, because she's very open and honest about her journey um, to become a woman and the things that she's done as part of the trans community. And she obviously gets abused because she's got a lot of people that follow her. Mm. And she's very fair with it. And she also calls it out, which mm. I think is important so that people know that she gets this kind of abuse. Um, but she's just a wicked person to follow. I know that I'm in a bubble and that I'm talking about someone that has the same morals as me. But I get a lot of my transatlantic news and updates from her um and i just think she's a really really interesting person to follow and she's got a lot of good opinions that i support nice Nice. do you want to repeat the name charlotte clymer so she's cl clymer that's c-l-y-m-e-r on twitter and uh she's great she's pouting in her um profile pic with a bow on her head she looks great I'm here for it. Sweet, I'll give her a follow. Yeah, no, she's great, honestly. She's really good. She she tweets a lot, so okay. she talks about loads of stuff. Yeah, no, it's good. Considering I'm I'm not, you know, always up to the minute on information and stuff. Mm. She's good. <laughs> the reason why it, it cemented my reason to talk about her today was like, um, 
someone tweeted today saying Melania behind the scenes has been talking to the president oh, yeah. on a regular basis. She was like, bullshit, that never fucking happened. And I was, oh, like, was yeah. that? I think I saw that because you liked it and it came up in my oh, Twitter Oh, yeah, feed. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm right. going to see if I can find it, but I can't. Yeah, she's got like a, the rainbow flag in her. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. I just think, yeah, I think she's great. Anyway. Gun to your head, who's the one person you can follow on Twitter? You can only pick one. Ooh. Have a think about that. That's really interesting. Um, That's a really good question. Because then you you start to think about the people that you follow and like what you get from them and... Do you want like a news filter? Do you want someone Definitely that's pure lols? Definitely not Lord Sugar today, Fuck my no. friend. Yeah, he's a twat. I, I hate him anyway. So him. Oh, oh, he's for some been very I racist do. on the internet yeah, today. He's a big, big shot. Sugar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck. I've already said this is my girl crush, but every tweet is hilarious. I think Karen Kilgariff's great on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's good. She is very good. Yeah. For she retweets a lot of good shit, but she also just like very like one of my favourites was ever this isn't resting bitch face it's how are you still wearing actually Blade's face which is really funny <laughs> very fair that's a very fair assessment I really don't know mine actually you know I'll have a think about it we can, we can because a lot of the things that I like on Twitter are just random people that I wouldn't follow normally yeah but I don't know I'm going to think on that because it's a yeah. great question have a think about it one okay. of you Daily or else, basically. I am a Twitter lurker. Uh, or... oh, I know what my answer it. is. What a way to go. Yeah. The brilliant <laughs> podcast. Uh, what a way the Twitter point. that we I never fucking update. Hey, we, are, we update it plenty. We don't. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, Daily, right. what's yours? What's your my girl crush? My girl crush is Eni Aluko, who is... Uh, she was a former Chelsea FC women's player, former striker for Chelsea, um, but this summer she has just joined Juventus. Um, I knew her anyway through my professional life because we, I work for a international development charity who partners with Chelsea FC and uh, Chelsea, who were formerly known as Chelsea Ladies, who are now Chelsea FC Women. They Good. have done loads of stuff with us, and any was say great. the name of the charity that you work for because it's worthy AF, mate. Plan International UK. Yeah, look my it up. branding team will be happy with me for giving it. <laughs> Plan. Shout out. Plan. Love them support them uh but yeah so we partnered with chelsea anyway so i knew any and any's great but she's now at juventus and she has joined itv's punditry team for this year's world cup it's the first time itv have had <gasps> shock horror a woman a woman, a woman what um, no way. and anyway she's obviously fucking killing it because she's great mm. um so i just wanted to give her a shout out for that anyway but um she was on she was doing some commentary on the Costa Rica Serbia game this week um and had very clearly done her homework gave an amazing analysis mm. really insightful very comprehensive and got patronizingly applauded by Patrice Evra oh fuck off Patrice Evra yeah it wasn't great um so you know i think it, for him i think it came from a place i don't think he was trying to be a dick but he was <laughs> being a dick but it's kind of that that systematic thing exactly. of she's new in the space. You don't usually have women talking credibly mm. about football. Yeah. So his behaviour might not have been because he's a misogynist or a dick. It's more a case of it's an unusual situation to be in. So yeah, he yeah was, exactly. I don't he think was he mansplaining was yeah. rather than necessarily being the case. Yeah, because there's a, I can't remember who it is, but there's a, there's a, a female England player commentating on some of the World Cup games on the BBC. Mm, and he, even when I was like watching it and I was like, oh, who is she? Like, what's yeah. her relevance to football? Not yeah. because I didn't 
didn't I, not because I questioned her being there but like but what's so, her connection unusual, because I don't follow yeah. football with men let alone women mm-hmm. so it's more just like what am I you know what's what's her um, background but yeah it is because it's, it's such a shame that they think they have to have a woman mm-hmm. they haven't had a woman before but then at least they're it's baby it. it's it's steps isn't it it's baby steps so you have a woman fund it on and she gets patronized but then next year maybe it'll be normal to have a woman fund it on and then the the year or the world cup after that maybe maybe there's a woman and there's nothing and then yeah the world I mean, cup after that maybe there's two women i don't know god still i mean when's the world cup going to have women's world cup too in it do you know what i mean like there's still there's still what, the, diff- am- the amount of coverage they have yeah no it's in like well, why isn't the world cup also women's at the same time oh at the same time because the women's world cup is next year yeah um but it's never the hype is it no exactly of course it's not ever the same but anyway that's not that's not the podcast very good though nice Mm. i can't wait for you to share her pick because Mm. i bet she's banging she's great else um i was gonna do someone and then i changed my mind partly because i thought maybe someone else would do it and partly because it was just something that i saw today but you haven't spoken about it and i wondered whether you might which made me stop but I think I'm going to do it because it's very relevant to this week particularly and that is Gina Martin who's behind the upskirting bill fuck oh, yeah great yeah, shout yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, great yeah. shout mm-hmm. so she's just campaigned tirelessly for like the year after getting upskirted at a festival at British summertime festival last year to change the law and then it looked like it was going to happen and then there was that MP who just shot yeah. it down for no, I don't. He didn't. The only reason that I could find from researching it was that he just didn't. Oh, what did he say? It, wasn't it something like there wasn't enough behind it, or there wasn't enough research behind it, or something ridiculous no, like that? I can't remember what I saw. Well, but the was, reason was he's a cunt. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, what? That is why. There was something that he said, and it was so vague and ridiculous, and I can't remember what it was. But anyway, apparently now he's behind it again, so I think it's all going through. But just like, again, somebody doing something that I think, God, I wish I had the balls Mm. or the wherewithal to just do that and literally change law. Because the fact that she had that happen to her, go to the police and then the police were like, we can't do anything about it, is insane. Like, it's just, it is just sexual harassment. It is, because it's just awful. It's disgusting, it's creepy and it's... Yeah, terrible. So, um, I find it kind of mind blowing as well that it's taken us until now because it, so at uni, this used to happen a lot, like I used to go to clubs and girls would dance on podiums, and like you I wouldn't obviously, but I'd see people take upskirting things, and it wasn't that I let it happen, it was more a case of I didn't necessarily see the evil in it. Mm. you had paparazzi when like the Britney Spears era of her yeah, going out with no knickers it was and, like, so normal it's normalised and it it's a it's absolutely harassment yeah. it's absolutely I don't know kind of like an invasion of privacy mm. it's crazy that it's come until 2018 for us to talk about this and it's fucking mind blowing that that person I just googled him because I couldn't um, is it something Christopher Chode Chopin. yeah it's Christopher Chode Christopher something like that yeah Christopher Chop MP for Christchurch. Oh no. Yeah. And it is like it's a really shit reason. It was like, oh I didn't read it. It was something like no, it was it was something like I didn't think this was a priority or something. It was something really ridiculous. Exactly. And also shout out to Philip Davis who filibustered it because he's a fucking misogynist. Yeah. Don't want him to not get a mention because he's a 
But look, it's alarming that I just, well, yeah, it's the whole thing. I'm like, are there people that actually do this and act like this? The pair of them, like, but exactly. Like, and yeah. it's that thing that's just like, what is your problem with it? What difference does that make to you and your constituents? That, that yeah, yeah. women and men, if they are oh, wearing... they just love seeing women's crotches? Yeah. What the fuck? How does it make a difference to anything that you or the area that you represent does that it's not legal to take a picture up someone's skirt? It doesn't. It doesn't. So why are you fucking stopping it? He's contentious in a lot of ways, though. I think yeah. he, he he stops a lot of things. If and you I look at his voting yeah, record, yeah. it is appalling. And I wonder if it is, like, this is really crass, but I wonder if it's he wants a bit of attention and he wants a bit of media. Because also, this got a lot mm, of press in terms yeah, of the press maybe. and shares of social... I also genuinely think it's she's a 26-year-old woman that's worked really hard to, to change the down. law and he's like, nope, you're not going to do that. I'm I genuinely think it probably man, comes like, to that. Yeah. yeah, like I've got the power, you don't. And actually, she fucking does have the power because she's got a lot behind it and she is going to do it. And also, like, it doesn't matter whether she's... It's the same with the um, abortion referendum. It doesn't matter whether you're 12, 40, 100. Your opinion is still valid. Mm. Your experience is still valid. Yeah, exactly. It's very different when it comes to, obviously, experience of how bills are passed, how things are passed. There's a there's a very big difference in that. But if something happens to you and it's untoward and it's something that should be changed, doesn't matter if it happens once or a 100 times. If it's not right, it needs to be addressed. Like, yeah. fuck yourself, Christopher Chope. Like, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I'm Davis. Both. Yeah. Oh yeah, fine. But, but there is also this problem that we have that men don't understand the importance of things like this because they're older and it's from a different time, quotation marks in my hands. But and I feel like that is changing and I do think it's getting better. But we just have to go through the shit at the moment to make yeah, it better. Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like Well they'll they'll all be dead soon. Yeah. <laughs> those those boomers. I'm gonna drop it again. Two C bombs. Those cunts that actually think like that, they will be dead within twenty years. Yeah. So, but there's also like because again when I because I was reading back on all my tweets from the last six months because <laughs> I was looking for that specific tweet from Charlotte. But there's a lot about like when the whole Me Too movement started happening, and it was men like, oh, we can't you know tell someone we think they're pretty, and it's like, no, 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 we don't care about that it's more about your behaviour after the fact and it's more about like the smacking of the arse the touching yeah. of the yeah. knee but it's also like that's it's never been appreciated yeah. no. we just have the balls to say it now like yeah, it's exactly. more yeah that's the thing isn't it it's like not like it's feeling like it's the never power been is with okay. them and not with you yes exactly and the more it's spoken about the more you're like oh the power is it's uh, it's with you because I'm giving it to you yeah, and I'm letting you, you get away with that yeah. it's never been okay yeah. and for you to be like well this is what we've always done that doesn't make it okay yeah, exactly but it's just now that we're in, we're mobilized and we want to make a difference we know that we can make a difference and we're trying i mean yes us in the room because we are quite you know forward thinking but also people that are really important like your girl who are doing something about it it's yeah. just yeah. I just think if you're a man and you're suddenly worried about your behaviour around women, you're probably a fucking creep. Yeah, like yeah. If you're absolutely. suddenly worried, yeah. none of the men have been what, doing something yeah, wrong been doing the something whole wrong. time. Like, no, that's it. That's the, that's your litmus test. If you're suddenly like, oh, well, what, what if I can't put my hand on that girl's knee? Don't do it. Yeah. You probably shouldn't. If, you, if there was ever a doubt, don't fucking do it. There's no guys in creep. our lives that have said that to us exactly. because they're not fucking Yeah, like creeps. our husbands and boyfriends aren't suddenly like, oh, but I told a girl that she was pretty. You know, like, it's just, if you're doing it, you're 
you're a creep. And there's, and there's also a very big difference between, like, if a guy in your life, not necessarily a boyfriend, be like, oh, you look really great today. Like, I yeah, really love your yeah, eyes. I really yeah, love yeah, your hair. Your yeah. lips, lipstick colour's great. Yeah. That's not sexual harassment. No, no. That's yeah. not offensive. Someone doing it without question on the street when you don't want it and you don't ask for it there's a very big difference with that and I, I shouldn't that shouldn't have to be explained like yeah. unwanted sexual attention versus a compliment is very very different yeah. and I feel like men some men not all men yeah. don't hashtag get not all men. hashtag not all men don't get that distinction and it's kind of beyond me to have to explain that to people because it's yeah. nonsense yeah. if you're worried about it don't fucking do it. Exactly. And you're a creep if you're worried about yeah. your actions. You can still have conversations with women. Yeah. But it, yeah, yeah, fucking mad. That's absolutely <laughs> mad. Yeah, I didn't anyway. realise your one would be so like... Classic feminist rant from us. <laughs> Fair. No, great one. Really great shout. And yeah, very relevant to what's been going on specifically this week as well. Mm, yeah. Topical. Topical, very topical. Should we flag that next week might be different because yes know. so this is episode 12 um daily in theory is not around for episode 13 as we're doing it weekly at the moment we've got plans afoot to integrate interesting story mm. for episode 13 so it'll be els and i with an interesting new person okay special guest if that doesn't happen unfortunately there's going to be a break we try and do these things to not interrupt your daily schedule but sometimes things are out of our control um, we'll keep you updated on social media and the like you can email us with questions or comments um, so yeah we'll see you in episode 13 yeah if it's not me uh, listeners it's you uh, adieu and uh, fa- fairly well see you in episode 14 see you in episode 14 but if it is me then just hi ignore the last five minutes yep. yeah that's fine but we'll see you in the next episode thanks for listening and see you sometime soon yeah Yeah. bye 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 bye